0: Welcome back to Yesterday Ended. I'm your host, Dennis Dobbin, and in this episode, we will take a few more steps towards putting the challenges of our past to rest by recognizing we are a new creation. I've got a few analogies that will give you a great mind picture of who you are now. Yesterday Ended, and with it, our old man. We'll also take a look at the Apostle Paul and how he handled his past. Time to move forward into a new day and a new life. Let's get started. To begin with, I'd like to tell you a little bit about myself and why I've chosen my format. I've loved poetry since I was young, 12 years old or so. I discovered Edgar Allan Poe and became fascinated with how words could be structured to be powerful. And poetry done well can be very powerful. There are certain things that done in rhyme or in repetition or with wordplay that can help us remember things. And I want to help you remember the truths of the word. Also, you may have noticed my artwork on uh, for the podcast is a gravestone with the title Yesterday Ended. It's because I want us to recognize that the traumas of our past no longer have to linger. We can lay them to rest as we trust in what God has done for us through Christ. Which brings me to episode two, which is entitled, New Creation. Let's begin. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. Take a good long look at what's new. You, it's Christ in you. Forget the old. It has passed away, and you needn't say a prayer for the dead. Take a look at the book to see the new you, a child of God, the new creation in Christ, endued with spiritual power to keep the old gone, and you living new. Yes, it's new. Every day it can be new. The decision is yours, old or new. It's newness of life, resurrection perfection, wrought by God and given to all who believe, and that's you. I said forget the past. God did when he forgave you. God did it when Christ had done the deed to deal the devil a deadly blow to gain our redemption. The past is passed by God, and he isn't chasing it. He isn't looking at our old man who passed away. Just the new man in you. You are new. It's true. This poem starts with the quoting of 2 Corinthians chapter 5. Verse 17, which bears repeating, Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. It's an amazing verse. It says we're placed in Christ. That's what the Father did for us. And so we're not alone. We are united with Christ. And it says we're a new creation which is a new being. The old has passed away, and we have a new beginning. We have a new start, literally a new existence. So what is it to be new? We just started a new year a little over a week ago. But a new year is simply a change of paperwork. Our newness is much, much deeper. So I want to explore some analogies on what it is to be new. The last half of chapter 5 of Romans speaks about the difference between what Adam did for us and what Christ did for us. And one of the verses says that Adam made us sinners, but Jesus made us righteous. So here we have our two manufacturers, Adam, who manufactures in the flesh, and Jesus, who manufactures by way of the Spirit. So we have these two factories. Each factory makes a specific model. Unfortunately, Adam's factory can't make anything new. It can't even restore anything. Whereas the Jesus factory has made one new model, patterned after him, And in the Jesus model, it has that new car smell. It's fresh because it never existed before. Whereas in the Adam model, it has the smell of death and there are no replacement parts. So here we recognize that as a new creation. We've never existed before. We have a brand new start. You truly are new. The benefit of being new is that the old has passed away. Old failures, old sin, old traumas, old mindsets can be changed as we meditate on the newness of life in Christ. So now consider another analogy that's very simple. Lazarus, he died, was buried for four days. He's officially and legally dead. Then Jesus comes along and raises him up. There's only one problem. It's still the same old Lazarus. He was raised up, but not to newness of life like we have in Christ. Being a new creation could be an example of real evolution. We have spiritually evolved into a new spiritual species. Lazarus was still a man without the Spirit of God. We now have a new life in every aspect. Now this brings me to my next analogy. Consider this. God has his own form of a witness protection program. Here in America, in our judicial system, we have this program that if a person witnesses against some bad guy and testifies against them of their wrongdoing, but it places them in jeopardy, they're put in this program to protect them. So God's done this. And it's spoken of in Colossians chapter 3, verse 3. For you died, and your life is hidden with Christ in God. So to protect the witness in the judicial system, they're actually given a new identity, a new place, they're transferred. So in essence, the old person dies and is replaced by the new person. And so consider these things. So in God's protection program, we're given amnesty, for any crimes we've committed, a.k.a. sins. But this amnesty for us is called justification. It's just as if we hadn't sinned. Then we're relocated away from the bad guy who happens to be the devil. See, we've testified when we get born again, we testify against the devil because we speak of the goodness of God and Jesus. So we're relocated away from the bad guy. We're seated in the heavenlies. Next, we're given a new job. We've been made ambassadors and witnesses for Christ. And finally, we're given a new name, and that is Child of God. All of this adds up to a new lifestyle anointed by the power of the Holy Spirit. I pray that these analogies will help you come to an understanding of who you are and that you are new, and that your past doesn't have to be a ball and chain, that the traumas or challenges that you faced can end. I've given you these examples to help you remember. There is another example that we have from Scripture, and that is the life of the Apostle Paul. Imagine a city in the first century where the overseers announced to the saints that the Apostle Paul's coming to town. They have all heard of the great signs, miracles, and wonders that God has done through his ministry, and they're excited that he's coming to their town. So they plan an event of a banquet, and he arrives, and as he comes in, everybody's excited. They're greeting him. He's hugging and being hugged, but as he makes his way through the crowd, at one point, a young man in his late 20s steps up by Paul, and he's not smiling. In fact, he has a frown on his face. And as Paul turns to the young man, the young man looks at him and says, You murdered my parents! What do you do when you're confronted with your past? How do you react to your memories? Is there pain or a simple acceptance of something long gone? Do you try and deny your past or hide from it? As you read the New Testament, you don't see Paul as a defeated or condemned man. He does speak of his past in a number of places and describes himself pretty harshly. In one place, he says he's the least of the apostles. In another, he says he's less than the least of all the saints. And in another, he calls himself the chief sinner. Let's look at these records and see the context and how he really sees himself. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 9, Paul says, For I am the least of the apostles, that I am not meet to be called an apostle, because I persecuted the church of God. Paul was guilty of arresting the saints and condemning them to death. He stood by as Stephen was stoned to death, and he agreed with it. But Paul doesn't end his description of himself as the least of the apostles or somebody that was a persecutor. He continues in verse 10, But by the grace of God I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain, but I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me, there is an age-old question, do our actions make us who we are? Here, Paul says that by the grace of God, I am what I am. He chose to define himself by grace, not his past actions. And he said even to the point that it was by grace that he labored. Paul does not puff himself up nor does he deny his past or try to hide it. But he defines himself that day by the grace of God. How do you define yourself? What words do you use to describe who you are? You are not your works. You are not your past. You are a child of God by grace. The next place Paul talks about himself, is in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 7, Whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power, to me, who am less than the least of all the saints, this grace was given, that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ. So here again, Paul denigrates himself. He is less than the least of all the saints. But it is to this person grace was given to enable him to preach the gospel. That gift of grace is given to you also to enable you to go further and forward in your life. Grace is far more than unmerited favor. It is the power of God present in our lives to enable us to do God's will. Without grace, Paul could not have labored, as it spoke of in 1 Corinthians. It is by grace that we serve. The last place where Paul talks about himself in a denigrating manner is 1 Timothy chapter 1, in verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, For that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry, who was before a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious. But I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief, and the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptance, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. Hopefully you've never felt of yourself that you were the worst of the worst. Paul makes the declaration that even though he was the worst, that Jesus Christ came into the world to save such sinners. Paul recognized that Jesus enabled him and called him, even though he had been a blasphemer and a persecutor and injurious, it says he obtained mercy. And then he says the grace of the Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love. So no matter what we have done in our past, it can be forgiven. We are a new creation. We have been identified with Jesus Christ and brought into a new existence, a new reality as a spiritual being. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things are become new. You are new. It's true. What are the words, the confessions, the meditations about yourself? It's one thing to admit failure. It's quite another to wallow in it. I challenge you to ponder the path of your thoughts today. We've been given a new start by Grace a new life by grace. Therefore the old is gone and all things are made new. That's you.